the sexual polarization of man to woman, that the man approaches the woman. Is it okay if I kiss you? Is it okay if I hug you? Is it okay if we have sex now? Why is that sexually nullifying and completely douses the flames between masculine and feminine energy in this sexual polarization? Man to woman, masculine and feminine energy is to set yourselves free. Free of the chains of what ego is and to realize that beautiful truth in the eternity of who you are. Welcome my friends to today's session on man to woman social dynamics. What is that? It is the sexual polarization between masculine and feminine energy, the eternal play, the eternal dance between sun and moon, push and pull, light and dark. Uh, you'll find this present in all of your human interactions and generally speaking, your interaction with this universe. So it is critical of the utmost importance to understand the proportion and the balance and the alignment of your energies, not only within yourself, but with others. This is very not woo-woo. It's very lacking in hand-waving and fist-shaking when it comes to spirituality. This is something that is so pervasive and that you will feel as a man interacting with a woman and vice versa. So let's define this off the bat that a man does not only have masculine energy and a woman does not only have feminine energy, but the proportion will be likely higher in alignment with your sexual biology and then identity if you'd like to layer that on top. But generally speaking, what that is to say, males have a higher proportion of masculine energy to their feminine, but they possess both. Uh, and not all the case, not all the time. You do have nuances. I have friends, male friends that have, uh, if not equalizing, sometimes even a little bit more uh, feminine energy. It's not the common case though it is rarer and there are relationships in which that it does work out for the woman to who has a high proportion of masculine energy to find herself attracted to a man who has lower masculine energy more feminine there's a lot of environmental factors a lot of psychological factors is that good is that bad it's really not for me to judge here what today's podcast is to say and to speak on without having all these caveats and nuances is that Generally speaking, most men have more masculine energy, most women have more feminine energy, and that's what we are going to be playing off of today in today's podcast, describing the social dynamics of things, which we're going to talk about. We'll talk about dates, we'll talk about sexual leading, we'll talk about physical leading, we'll talk about kissing, penetration, etc. This is a sexually explicit podcast, I'll say this here off the bat. Uh, I never really know what I'm going to say in these podcasts. I just take a title, I take an issue that one of my clients is dealing with, and we roll from there. So I like to throw that at the beginning. All right, so the context, inspiration for today's session is just off of, as I just said, one of my clients who has had an absolute banger to the start of 2024 in which that he's out there on his path of supreme excellence that we discussed two weeks ago. He's building his temple, particularly his social side of his temple, and He's already, he's already out there. He's already out there in the clubs. He's already out there meeting people and he's already found himself, find, found two women that have met his alignment of values to a degree that he's not seen in, uh, I could say, probably his entire life. You know, women that are headstrong in his words, in their determination to call in men that have high expectations and she'll erect high expectations for him. Pardon the pun. So we're talking about women that want a direct, direct, congruent, authentic man with empathy and are not afraid to demand that of their masculine beings. And that, my friends, if you're masculine listening to this, men listening to this, that's what you want, by the way. What you want is a woman who will call you out to the highest of your level. You want a woman who will push you, challenge you, ask of you the very best of you so that you don't fall prey to the weakness of this life. So you don't fall prey to the societal non-expectations of just being slow slow-witted, slow-minded, slow-bodied, fat, fat in the mind, fat in the body, and lacking of principle, lacking of determination, lacking of skill and excellence and competence. You know, if you don't have those expectations put upon you, which 21st century society certainly does not, it's completely the opposite, actually. It 
it almost encourages you to be the worst that you possibly can be. This podcast is brought to you by BoldDojo.com, where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans, overcome limiting beliefs, destroy negative self-perceptions, and egoic attachments. Have a listening ear to the trials of your life, helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to boldojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentary, music, all of that, all at boldojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. Let's get into today's show. This client of mine has met a woman that two of them so far, and we're only like January 10th or January 9th here, already the first 10 days, first seven days of the year, he's already met two women that have shown him the light, so to speak, in which that he said to me in one of his voice messages that I never saw myself getting married. I never saw myself wanting to get married, but I think that's just because I hadn't met the women that I could see and foresee myself creating a life with. And that's very powerful. Is a very powerful because I used to be of the same mindset. As I described in last week's podcast, but I just want to apologize here. There's someone who's chosen an, an optimal time right now in the street to do some buzz soaring. So I'm sorry about that, if you can hear that. As I was saying, I used to be of the pedigree and of the mindset in which that I never saw myself getting married. I had a lot of uh, my upbringing was very conditioned towards that way in terms of my parents having a lot of divorce, like multiple divorces, multiple marriages themselves, uh, quite a large number, seven between the two of them. But also just for me, based on my relationships and based on my journey in social dynamics, I never saw myself getting married. I am married now and happily wouldn't even scrape the surface of it. You know, eternally fulfilled is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, shout out to my wife, Haley. But I never foresaw myself being in that position until I met someone like Haley. Right, so I met someone and got glimmers of what it would be like to build a life of someone uh, to, yeah, I used to talk about this in the old podcast, to create an investment farm down in Tasmania with, just old reference, to build structures that allow you to, for range of its life, whether it's children, houses, animals, uh, meaningful work layered on top of that, of course, all means to the end of serving your most meaningful purpose, your most meaningful work, never getting bogged down in the AMGs of things and the dollars in your bank account of things, but how much meaningful value and impact you have delivered to the beings of this world. You know, that being the metric that we're always measuring our lives by. Absolutely. And you can pretty much forget everything else if you've got that in play. Everything else falls into place, actually, when you've got that in play. So once you meet a woman as a man that has inspired that that fervor within you to push towards creating a life of someone, you know you're heading towards something quite special, something quite uh, beautiful, beautiful truth. So that's where my client was at. Now, how did he meet this woman? Let's track back here. Let's get back to the social dynamics of things. He just met her because he was out training his social dynamics. He's out out there in a major metropolitan city in Australia, and he saw this woman on the street, and I think she was sitting on a bench, might have been near some clubs, near some bars, and he goes up to her, strikes up a conversation, and he just notices that there's a lingering handshake. Now we start to talk about the masculine to feminine dynamics. Now we're starting to look about what is a man-to-woman interaction. So I know we've had a very... 
philosophical and macro. That's what I like to do. I like to start very wide and then refine and zoom in as we get more and more into these podcasts. We get more and more micro, more and more granular to the point. So that right there, if you just listen to what I just said, that's all you really need to know about masculine to feminine dynamics, about the sexual polarization of man to woman, that the man approaches the woman. But I would love to question for you why that is so critical. While you're listening to this podcast, it seems common sense, although it does not seem to be very prevalent in today's society. I talked about this in last week's podcast on supreme excellence when coming to social dynamics. Why must the man approach the woman? Why must the man be the first step? Why must the man take control and must, why must he lead? Why must he lead? Why are those things critical? If you don't know the answers to those questions in terms of at a very root level, which we can get to in today's podcast, and we will, but what you can then look to is that what would happen if he didn't? If you can't answer the positive and the affirmative, let's ask answer in the negative. What would happen if my client walking through this uh, you know, pumping situation where there's tons of people out, they're all clubbing, it's summer down here in Australia, and you know, people are out on the street, and he's out there, he's going solo, he's riding solo, he's riding, he's riding unaided, he is not liquid couraged up, he's not liquid, he's not courage pilled up, right? He's just off his own courage, off his own bat, and he sees a woman that he likes. What would happen? If he didn't lead, if he didn't take control of the situation, nothing, nothing, which many people listen to this podcast and I can resonate uh, resonate to and relate to, which is that nothing happens if the man doesn't start it. Now, we, yes, we have technological advances, of course. I always hear, I know there's someone on the end of this podcast going, but what about online dating, Adam? <laughs> what about social circle? Yes, okay, you can have warm introductions and there can be some furthering steps. There can be some passive points, some passive steps that can get thrown your way, you know, particularly if you're a natural and if you've got, look, if you've got some link-ups, you've got some hookups uh, through mutual friends that can be handballed into you. Okay, saving for those though, generally speaking, and it's not. It's like it's like a macro principle that the first point of call, the first point to get your mind wrapped around, is that the man must start it. The man must lead. The man must take control of the interaction from the beginning. Otherwise, nothing happens. And even if for some situation in which that one of your friends just said, "Hey, Jenny really likes you and she wants you to ask you out," you still need to ask her out. Even if Jenny comes to you and says, "I would like to go out with you," you still have to make party to that and that string or that cord that you were hoping to be rescued by ends very quickly ends very quickly i've yet to have seen a situation where a man has been called into sex where a woman has had to take him through every step of the way had to ask him out had to take him out on the date had to hold hands with him first, had to hug him first, had to kiss him first, had to bring him home first, had to take his clothes off, and then had to say to him, I need you to have sex with me. You must have sex with me. Had had to put him in a position where, he, where you had to guide him to enter you, to not just spiritually and, and mentally, energetically enter you, but to physically enter you as well. I just, I haven't seen that. And it just sounds so preposterous, which is why it's so comical and it's just laughable to think that you could bend the reality of masculine and feminine dynamics in any such way that you would have the man not leading, not starting, not taking control. Bit of fire, bit of passion there. It's got to be. It's got to be because you're hearing the masculine energy coming out of me right now because I'm taking control and I'm leading in this session here. And hopefully that puts you at ease. A brilliant, absolutely brilliant point you must take into account. So you might think now, 
you know, take that, take that term at ease. At ease. Why is that important? Why is that important? It's important because if a man's not leading, how can a woman be at ease? A woman's role is to provide feedback, right? To be exciting, mystifying, electric, ecstatic, tantalizing, seductive. Feedback primarily though, because in a dance of two people or two beings, there can only be one leader and one follower. There can only be one pushing and one pulling. This is not a castization to throw the negative on the feminine in that white or in that way. Absolutely not. The follower role is no less important than the leading role. You must get that undermined. That You must harmonize that for those who have a bit of a vendetta, have a bit of a psychological complex against women that think you're superior, a domination complex in which that uh, women are lowly beings, which we talked about in last week's podcast. There was... Uh, a young gentleman who was losing his way on the path and was starting to resent feminine beings and was starting to see them as stupid and not worth the time of day or the respect. Uh, so we corrected that in last week's podcast, but just to build upon it here and to drive that pillar even more into your conception of man to woman dynamics, it's that the man is not more important than the woman and the woman is not important than the man. We do not pedestal. We do not create a neediness-based complex out of either or. Right? You have your principles, your values, your path, your supreme excellence. You walk that, and then when you find someone else coming in who seems to align with that, then you honor them with the respect that you would hope that they would respect you with. Right, Mutual respect, mutual combination, and cooperation to create something absolutely beautiful, absolutely magical, absolutely truthful between you two. So we have that foundational respect between man-to-woman in our man-to-woman dynamics. That's what it means to be man-to-woman, and it is in fact disrespectful to not honor in both mutual respect. If, you, if you're if you a young male listening to this right now and you have a history of neediness-based activities, behavior, action, mindset, that's disrespectful. And I have mentioned this so many times across the years. It is Mr. Nice Guys are disrespectful. It is disrespectful to hope that the woman takes control and lead for you. You're disrespecting men everywhere, men through all of time, your ancestry, because in order for you to be here, my lowly scrub, my lowly fish, Mr. Needy, Mr. Nice Guy, in order for you to be here, every man prior in your lineage had to lead, had to take control. For the eons and the thousands and hundreds of thousands of years that we've been developing as homo sapiens, men have had to lead, men have had to control the situation to get it started. And then when, and that's, I know that word is dangerous. The word control is dangerous because people can take it too far in the other direction. This is not to sound and come off as you now need to be this dictator, domineering, completely overpowering, ambivalent to the concerns and the energy and the minds of women around you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's, uh, that is going so far in the other direction that becomes disrespectful in and of itself. But coming back to the Mr. Nice Guys and the Needy Guys, because that seems to be the state of humanity right now in which that men are afraid to lead, men are afraid to control. They, they take control of themselves. Men are afraid to take control of themselves to live authentically. We, we discussed this in the last podcast when it comes to the principles, our principles of direct, congruent, authentic, with empathy, authenticity. If a man is unable to lead a woman, unable to lead himself into a woman, how about that? That is a disrespect to the principle of authenticity. You are living inauthentically. If you walk past a woman, you like her and you don't go up to her. Now, you might think, well, what if she has a boyfriend? What if she doesn't like me? And those are fair play. I don't give a shit. And you shouldn't either. Because to have lived a life hoping and waiting for something good to come to you is to not have lived at all. 
to have lived a life in which that you thought that you could just skim on by and hopefully just some good luck hits your way and that just uh, your dream woman would just fall into your lap. It's just laughable. It's fallible. It's farcical. It's inaccurate. And it's just silly. It's absolutely silly. So let's get back to you to where we are on the podcast. We're talking about laying out essentially these respect principles between the masculine and feminine energy, understanding the roles. So I want to really tie this up for you here. If you're a masculine being listening to this, your role is leadership. And at every step of the way, you will also be listening every step of the way for feedback from your feminine partner. Your feminine being, if you're a feminine being listening to this, your role every step of the way is to be providing feedback, right? Every time a man makes a move, you evaluate whether that is of the energy and of the respect and of the, let's just say, the indescribable energetic connection that you desire to have with a masculine being. Let's say that at the core root, that when this man tried to take my hand, that I was approving of that. You checked that. When he Was he pushing the pace too fast? Was he going too slow? You checked both of those. When he tried to kiss me, and this we're going to get back to with my client in a second, when he tries to kiss me, what if he didn't kiss me at all? Okay, all of these different things, all these different moves that this man's going to make, feminine being, your role is to evaluate, criticize, and to approve or disapprove of whether that was something that you enjoyed or did not enjoy. And that would, in this dance, right, It it's just... You should never really have to break down man to woman sexual dynamics and social dynamics to this degree because you actually lose the essence of it while you're doing it. But I'll make sure at the end of this podcast, we bring the essence back. But if we're looking at the mechanics, and for those who are on the podcast right now, my hands are almost in a Tai Chi-like sense, almost in a young style sense, moving around each other in this, almost as if I'm caressing two energies just following each other in an eternity of a dance in which that... One person leads, one person follows, one person makes a move, one person reacts, right? Push, pull, light and dark, etc. It goes on and on and on and on. Just around, around in a circle, going around, around, right? That's what happens. It's just like, it's like a, it's such a beautiful thing when it happens. And I'm sorry that I have to make it sound that way in which that, okay, man pushes, um, woman doesn't necessarily pull, but he makes a push or pull move and she responds with her own push or pull move. We've talked about this in push and pull dynamics in a more, uh, specific sense, but all you need to know in today's podcast is that this is something that doesn't need to be thought of cognitively. It's just something that needs to be happening. And if it's not happening, it's actually easier to understand when it is not happening to isolate what the problem is. So coming back to my client here, this is a beautiful segue. With my client, he to this woman that he had met, let's just call her fake name Jenna, he met her out. He said that there was this incredible bond. She actually inspired the potential of creating a life with someone, whether her, maybe, but someone like he, she was the inception of potentially building a life with a woman to the point of getting married and doing more with that's, that's powerful. That's very powerful. And so they have their interaction and said it was fantastic. Connection was amazing. They exchanged details. And what was interesting actually is that when they were exchanging details that he said to her, you know, listen, uh, I'd love to connect you with another time. I'm just paraphrasing here, but I'd love to connect with you another time, go on an adventure and I believe that's where that was the extent of it because he was hoping that she was going to say, oh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Let's exchange details. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you want my number? But he forgot to leave out the last leading point, which was, so let's exchange details. Because he left that out, when he had said, you know, I'd love to connect another time. Let's go on an adventure. She goes, and? And? And this threw him back. This is threw him for an absolute uh quandary an absolute quagmire because he wasn't expecting that and i love that she pushed on him to say can finish 
finish the job, finish him from Mortal Kombat. That's a little, it's a little mortal actually, <laughs> a little, uh, little murderous there, but let me not use that analogy. Uh, finish the job is what she's indicating there. Keep leading, take the ball to the hoop, right? Finish it. So he did and he goes, okay, well, let me take your number. Let me exchange numbers. I'm not sure exactly what he said there, but you know, they exchange details. Set up for a date, their first date, their day two, so to speak. And he said it was an absolute time. It was an amazing time. They uh, went and met up in the day. I think they went to some galleries. They got a coffee. They chilled. They got talking about their lives, went to deep principles, deep values, more alignment, more connection. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, she's actually not going to be in the states that he's in here in Australia for too long, only a week at, I think, a week and a bit. So there's a little bit of pressure on this. And by the way, I am definitely over, skipping over most of the story. I'm just giving you the cliff notes of it. There's probably details if he's listening to this that I've unintentionally omitted but bear with you guys are getting the, the main meat of it the main bony structure so throughout this day where there's been tremendous connection he's yet to kiss her he mentions in his message that it gets towards the end of the date and that after having a, a deep hug they're standing there in the moment and he recognizes that well this is probably the last chance to do this so he says to her can i kiss you oh boy <laughs> he says can i kiss you and she goes no but you can kiss me on the cheek. So he settles for that and he kisses her on the cheek. And and that's where we need to pause the podcast or we need to pause the story. So it's absolutely perfect. And I'm sure that he is really embarrassed right now. Uh, of course, if we've, I've retained his anonymity and his privacy. He doesn't, no one knows who he is, but, but I sure do. And he knows that he was in a tremendous fuck up. He knows a tremendous balls up uh, because there's absolutely no need to say to a woman, can I kiss you? And no woman who has her full alignment energetically when it comes to her sexual feminine energy has ever wanted a man to say, can I kiss you? Can I have sex with you? Can I be in a relationship with you? If women that are requesting that are the absolute minority and they are doing so, I would believe at a minimum in order from a place of power play, from a place of incongruence and in alignment with their true sexual energy. Then, and we can go on and on with what that would have, how that was inspired, whether they had been hurt before and whether they don't feel trusting of masculine energy. Now, you can go on and on and on. The justification's unnecessary. The point, the point is, is that it's an absolute outlier if you find a woman who says that I want a man to have to ask for permission every single step of the way. No matter what the woke ideology that you see so pervasive amongst Western culture right now that says that you need to get a written affirmative consent uh, to do anything with a woman, right? it's absolute nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, but it's nonsense that is largely contained to people of that political mindset. To people of the in need of authoritarian dictatorship, to people in need of affirmative consent to the degree in which that men and men sorry men and women i'll say that again if you need affirmative consent to the degree that man and woman can no longer be man and woman then you've already it's, it's do you see the joke it's it's a joke it's a joke being played on the people that are most vulnerable because the people who are implementing that type of mindset know what it means they know that it doesn't work functionally anyone who says that a man must ask a woman to have sex with her excuse me Jan, Janet, I've been having a really good time here and I would really like to have sex with you. Is that okay? They know. 
that that would completely nullify all sexual attraction from the woman to the man. They know that's ridiculous. Now, this is not me saying that a man should just be able to do anything he wants at any moment in time. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But they love to do that. They love to like draw out these extreme straw mans because if you're if it's it's almost as like people aren't intelligent enough at least on that side of the political political spectrum not intelligent enough to be able to hold two thoughts simultaneously which is one that a man does not need to ask a woman explicitly on the precipice of a beautiful magical moment to say are we allowed to have sex now can we have sex now he does not need to do that because he knows that that would corrupt the complete balance of energy between the two and completely nullify the sexual attraction. But he can simultaneously hold that with also the consideration that I am also not going to be so socially inept and so socially blind to the fact that I need to understand the woman in front of me. I need to be able to read her energy. I need to be able to read her comfort. And I need to be able to push things at a leadership-based pace that is approved of by her, right? That I'm getting from her body language, that I'm getting from her receptivity, her eye contact, right? Her smile, her pushing on me, her kissing on me, her taking me into her embrace, her accepting of me. I can hold these two thoughts simultaneously, which is it's just so, it's so ridiculous. Uh, but I feel that a bit of indulgence of energy is required here because for those who are vulnerable, for those who would for a second think that I need to say to a woman, is it okay if I can kiss you right now? Which is what my client did. Now, he is coming off a long hiatus of not having kissed a girl in quite some time. So while I don't excuse that mistake, it is by it is absolutely concrete a mistake that should never be repeated. A, a woman should you should never have to say to a woman, is okay if I kiss you. Because verbally it's redundant because physically those keys of acceptance and receptivity should have already been registered and that is what is so disrespectful and why so you might have been thinking why would a woman get turned off when a man asks her is it okay if i kiss you is it okay if i hug you is it okay if we have sex now why is that sexually nullifying and completely douses the flames between masculine and feminine energy in this sexual polarization it is because it shows the complete social ineptitude of the man that the woman the entire step of the way, from the moment that you guys rocked up on the date to the moment that you guys held hands for the first time, looked each other in the eyes, that you got close, you put an arm around her, that for every step of the way here, you should have been reading, he should have been reading your her keys, her social cues, right? Her eye contact, her lingering, right? Her touch, her receptivity to you in all manner, intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, vibe, overall energy towards you. He should have been reading that every single step of the way. And if you got to this moment, if a man got to the moment where he was able to say, like he somehow conjured up the social uh, magnificence to say to her, or oh, oh, to think that this might be the time to kiss her, if you're at that point, then you must have had a, an array, a stepladder of moves, of cues, of receptivity, of man-to-woman dynamics, right? Leadership, followership, pushing, pulling, acceptance, receptivity, all these things there should have been an absolute yellow brick path, yellow brick road leading up to this point that would let you know that, yes, this is the right moment. You have to be so socially inept if you genuinely didn't observe those things. Now, okay, so if that's you, then okay. Okay, then you probably need to go work with a coach and you need to get schooled on this. But for most people, and I know it's the case with my client, you are aware. You do know. You're just maybe not so consciously competent with it yet. But it's 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 just it's laughable to me. It's outrageous to me that a man would uh, or a masculine being would would sit in front of me and say that. Okay, the reason why I asked her, you know, is it okay if I kiss you now? Is because I, I just wasn't sure, I wasn't quite sure. And it's like, 
if you're having to ask the question, then you are sure. And what you're saying there is actually you were afraid. To be afraid is a different thing in terms of your honesty within what's happening in that moment. I'm very okay for my clients and for people to say to me, I was just shit scared. I was afraid. I didn't know if she would say yes. And even that little, I didn't know if she would say yes in terms of not verbally yes. I'd say, if I went to go kiss her then and there, I wasn't sure if she was going to be okay with that. You probably shouldn't be doing it if that's the case. If you genuinely feel that the woman is uh, so cold towards you that she wouldn't be receptive to the kiss, you got a little more work to do. And this is where we can talk about eyes. Right? We can talk about eyes, vocals, touch. Eyes, vocals, touch. If you haven't got a harmony between those three things, you probably shouldn't be kissing her. Like, and I'm talking about those things on the minimum level. I'm talking about those in terms of you actually make eye contact. It's not like this seductive movie, Hollywood-esque, like I'm trying to sleep with you right now eye contact. It's just that there's something more than just friendship. It's something more than she sees me more than just uh, a guy that she could go out and to cheese fest with. I'm more than just a guy that I can pick up her dry cleaning for. That kind of eye contact, the kind of eye contact that's not like your grandma, but the kind of eye contact between a woman that is sexually attracted to you. Whether you know how to explain that verbally is obsolete, irrelevant. What is the point is that you register it inside and you feel a bit of a flutter. You feel a bit of excitement. You feel a bit of a uprising of masculine energy within yourself. Maybe it moves. Maybe it moves, as George Costanza once said inside out. <laughs> Maybe you got a little sexually excited is what I'm saying. And so you see that in the eyes, but in the vocals that there was a little bit of more femininity coming out of her, a little bit more lingering, a little more pace, a little more science, a little more jabbing, a little more jabbing at you, uh, teasing you, firing you up, because surely between the man and woman, and in the terms of man to woman social dynamics, there is a lot of fire. There is a lot of fire at a certain stage and at moments. There's a lot of water, there's a lot of coolness, there's a lot of realness to it as well. And then you're seeing another polarization, aren't you? Because even in the interaction between man to woman, which is a balance of fire and water, is also fire and water within the micros. And that's how you know something is quite very much true. You know something is very much true when you see it operate from the macro, from the macro to the micro. From something very large, a principle very large, that you can see in the most in the tiniest grain of sand. If you have a principle that is the beach that is also present within the grain of sand, then you know you have truth. You know you've found truth when that comes to be. So coming back to the point here, asking for permission. I know we've gone off on major tangents, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the energy. I hope you are too. Asking for permission is outrageous if you're saying that I don't know because what that really tells me is that you're not being honest and what you're saying is that I'm too scared. I'm too scared to acknowledge what's happening here. If it's really I don't know, then you need to do more work is what I'm saying there. So let's just lay that out. If you're, a, if you're, if I was my client right here and we're on this date and you guys have been having a great connection as you've described, right? And things have been building. It's like, I'm not sure if I can kiss her. It's like, okay, slow down. Slow down. Let's check in with ourselves here. What have we seen here? What we've seen is that we've had an amazing time. I'm feeling so attracted to her. I'm seeing she's giving me eye contact. I'm seeing that she's uh, mirroring and harmonizing the vocals. I'm feeling some seductivity in her vocals. I'm feeling some lingering. I'm feeling some jabbing. I'm feeling some heat. I'm feeling some connection there. I'm feeling the vocals are in step, in line with mine. And in terms of touch, when she responds to my touch at the lowest level, does she take my hand? Yeah, that's such an easy thing. It's like, what, does she take my hand when I ask for it? And when I say ask for it, I don't mean that literally. I mean that as in, I just go to touch her hand. 
right? Does she does she freeze up? Does she freeze away if I go to play over her hand? When you're sitting across from each other at the coffee shop, at the table, and you go to play with her fingers, you got to just ha- have a look at her hand and just, just have a little, play a little footsie, so to speak, with the hand, play little handsies. Playing footsies, for sure. You know, when you do these things, when you go to, as you're walking side by side with each other and you decide to just give her a bump, give her a bump on the shoulder, hip her and shoulder, right? Not to the point of knocking her over, but just playfully. Please note, please note for my uninitiated when it comes to social dynamics, when a man and woman are attracted to each other, all you have to do is absorb them, absorb and observe them. Walking up the mall, what will you find? You will find two people constantly trying to cross each other's path. If you just observe a man and a woman that are attracted to each other, they are constantly walking as if they are the man's going right and the woman's going left and they're just butting into each other, just pushing against each other. Right? You, this is what you see. And like, of course, don't take that so verbatim that you go out now and you see if there's a man and woman who clearly like just hear that a boyfriend and girlfriend or man and husband, uh, man and woman, husband and wife, and they're not doing this all the time. I'm talking about you will see this as predominantly a large categorization of man to woman dynamics is that when you are attracted you bump into each other you want to be close particularly the woman walking across the man's path of line line of path i should say it's just something that you'll notice if you're a social dynamics coach as i am now now no no no, bring this back we're going back on this touch thing okay so if i am bumping my shoulder into her does she bump back if i put my arm around her does she play back with me if i go to touch her head will she play back it you just what we're talking about here just classic little push-pull moves, just moves that are just showing that. And I don't want you to think of it as something like a video game, but I want you to think about it as actually the game of life, the, the dance of life, the dance of masculine and feminine energy. Much better word, dance, not game, but dance. I just, I'm trying to avoid anything that would turn you towards the pickup artistry way of thinking. So the dance is what I've always said anyway. And the dance is something that if you are observing correctly and you are partaking in correctly, then you will very much know whether kissing her or having sex or doing anything else is the correct move at this moment, the correct play to make, the correct play to make. Because if you didn't have a buildup of green lights, if you didn't have a buildup, and that's all it is, you know, I used to use this analogy quite a bit. It is a very helpful one, a, a traffic light system between green, yellow, and red that if you don't have a buildup of a minimum greens and then maybe a few yellows thrown in there, then it's just, it's it's got to be red, doesn't it? It has to be red by the elimination of the other two. So if you've been getting a mixture of reds and yellows, so I've gone to touch her hand, I've gone to bump shoulders, I've gone to give her a hug, I've gone to at the table, I've gone to play overhand, and it's been reds or yellows, what would that look like? Pulling away, distancing, changing the subject, okay? Changing the subject can be very yellow, can be very yellow because it can be nerves. Absolutely, I want to address that. A woman can be overwhelmed, can be overwhelmed by your masculine leadership, can be overwhelmed by the fact that she's out, out with someone who's present. How about that? A woman can be overwhelmed as a man can be overwhelmed by a woman who is in tremendously present. It is breathtaking when you meet someone in this life that can actually stay present with you, someone that can actually be deeply immersed and deeply engulfed in what the present moment is and just enjoying the moment, fulfilled in the moment, sustained in the moment. That is mind-blowing. And so you can be thrown out of that when a new move is made. And, you know, prior to being in this beautiful relationship that I'm with Haley, when I was in my dating days, I would see that many a time where I overstepped, where I didn't realize that this woman was not ready for this move right now. Now, of course, we're keeping within the bounds of respect. I'm not saying that I tried to undo her shirt, <laughs> you know, that I overstepped on that. No, you, here's this, take this. 
your overstep can only ever really be one move above or one move below if you're doing it right. If you're considering a move that is too below, too above or too below in terms of what we wouldn't consider uh, a linear relationship. So a one-step increase in terms of intimacy from going from holding her hand would be one step above that would be maybe putting my arm around her shoulder while walking would be taking her other hand, swing her around in front of me and just, well, <laughs> I gotta say my friends, thank you very much for the interruption. My friends, I just had an alarm go off, had to check something. We're back. So one step up, one step below what we were talking about there. What, is, what would be a one step increment from holding a girl's hand while walking with her? If you've got a green light on that, then just taking her second hand, so swinging your way in front of her, you say you're in the middle of the mall or you've just come out of the restaurant and oh, oh, we're going to talk about that later. We'll talk about date stuff later, assuming that is not your first date. All right, and so you've taken a second, we'll talk about it later, don't worry. So you got your second, you've swung around in front of her, you're holding one hand, you go to take her second hand and you've just been goof, you're just fooling it up. You're just having time, you're having fun. You're showing her your creative bubble of free expression in which that, I don't care what other people think. I don't care about think. If we want to dance in the mall, we'll damn well dance in the mall, right? That is, that's another principle of freedom. We we've, we've got to get to. We will get to. I think we'll explore. We'll explore more throughout today's podcast. But for to, for this point, it will suffice to say that that was a one step increment. It was not a five step increment, or even a two, three, four, five, six, or even God forbid, a ten step increment. What would that look like if I was holding her hand walking to the mall and she's green light on that, and I all of a sudden just went in to kiss her then and there, like bang. And I had no other indication that that was something that she was down for. That's probably at least four or five steps away. Maybe maybe three. Three to four, three to five steps away, depending on the sexual connection that you two have. It's certainly not the next step or the next step above that. Okay? Now, I don't want you guys to get too, or even girls listen to this, I don't want you to get too bogged in here. I don't want you to really be there with a PDF. I don't want you to be there with your... Yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to drop the absolute massive F-bomb there. I don't want you there with your ballpoint pen and your HB uh, pencil and eraser going, ooh, write that down, we'll just open up. <laughs> I want you to be normal here for a second and just look at what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it should be common sense what the next step should be from there, Okay. And that you're just looking at from green to yellows to reds on that. And if you, so, so let's say that, for example, that you were to go, you're walking hand in hand down the mall, busy night, Friday night shopping, and you guys have had a great time building connection and you decide, oh, hey, I'm going to fucking play here. I'm going to, I'm going to really razz things. Up. I'm going to razz her up. So I just swing my way around in front of her, grab her second hand and just start dancing with her in the mall, or at least just at that, just to see if she'll grab the second hand, right? Because it's something fun, exciting. She didn't expect it. This is me leading. This is me expressing my masculine energy. It's just, it's charged. It's, it's absolutely charged. It's not waiting for permission. It's certainly not asking for permission. I'm not asking if I can take her second hand and then have some fun with her. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm just going to do it. But let's say that she's not quite comfortable with it. Let's say that this is a bit much for her. You mistimed it. You misread it. You misread her because you're still just getting to know each other. And this is a little bit much for her too, too much, too soon, but not, but she's not absolutely shutting you down. It's not an absolute, what the hell are you doing? Let go of my second hand, right? Let's just say it's just a little bit tight, a little bit stiff. Her eyes start to dart away and she's like a little bit verbally uncomfortable as well. And just maybe she just gets a little bit recluse or, or can even just say that. Um, this is really weird. This is really weird. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. 
that would be sounding more like a yellow, right? And you would discern between red and yellows, and then you would just go back to the previous point of comfort. You go back to the previous point of comfort, which should only be one step down, which is that, okay, we'll just go back to holding one hand then, right? That's how you know that you're pacing your sexual pace, your sexual leading quite well, which is that you're really only trying to go, not getting too far ahead of yourself, just one step. What is the next best thing is probably the greatest principle I can pass down to you in terms of sexual leadership. What is the next best thing from here? Man to woman, social dynamics, what is the next best thing? If you've just met a woman in the club and you met her at the bar and you guys are getting to know each other, you guys are lighting it up. Her friend maybe is involved in this as well. Okay, someone's trying to call my phone. We're going to ignore that. Coming up on my laptop and my phone, so I'm just going to put that down. Good. Okay, so you guys, you've met a friend, and maybe, and maybe just the next best thing right now is that we're here at the bar. Uh, let's go have a dance together, or let's just go sit on down the couch. Let's go check out the, the rooftop bar. Let's go check out the outdoor balcony. Next best thing. Not that I'm trying to take you home right now. Not that I'm trying to put my tongue down your throat right now. Right, There will be time for all these things later if we connect. And I am absolutely kicking myself for not having started off the podcast with this. What does man to woman really mean? It means that I'm a man, you're a woman. Let's see if we connect. Sexual polarization right there. Right there. So bringing this back in now, we've gone into some real weeds and some real micros, but I think very important micros, which is just to say that, like, how am I supposed to judge? Because why I went into this, by the way, is because of those guys that will say, well, I didn't lead because I didn't know if she would like it or if it would be the right thing to do or if I would get rejected because of it. And it's like, well, if you're socially savvy enough to be playing one step down or one step above at a time, then you should never really be doing something so outlandish, something so incredible and mind-melting that it had the potential for a complete blowout. If, if you are at the point where you are seriously questioning whether a kiss is the right thing here, then you have not played this correctly. Sexual progression between a man and a woman should not be a Hail Mary. You should not be walking your way throughout a date thinking that I just hope that one at one moment the kiss is going to be the right thing to do. I hope that at one moment I will know that this is the right time to have sex with her. Like, no, this should have been a very in tune, a very aligned process of step by step by step by step of just incredible. Now, okay, so let's make it real here. Let's make it real because we've been harping on a situation where it didn't go, where it was wrong, where it didn't go well. Let's take me and Haley, right? my beautiful wife. Our first kiss. So you can call this effectively our first real date. Our first, the first time we met was at a freedom rally. I was filming, I was working. So yeah, so we had a met at the freedom rally. We ended up going for a beach walk and I didn't even really consider that a date. I thought it was just going to be just a girl that I met at the freedom rally. I found out on the walk that we connected, we aligned and I wanted to go out on an actual date. Okay, so we're out on our first actual day, which is that uh, back on the beach, and we had planned to you know, go swimming, it was summer, and that was going to go back to her place, and we're going to play some board games and meet her housemates. Okay, so that was the context. It's a beautiful summer evening, we get into the water, and this is, uh, I remember, this is the first time I probably, apart from the hug, on the first time we had, second time we had met, it's confusing, on our walk together, the way that I knew that I was actually quite attracted to her was that when she hugged me, she hugged me like no other woman ever hugged me. And so that's how I knew it. We need to have an, act, like an actual date. So when there's an actual date and we're out here on the beach in the sunset and we go in, she strips off, I strip down, not naked, but although we do naked, a lot of naked swimming down here in South Australia. We love the old nudist beach down here. Uh, 
side tangents. But no, we're clothed. She's in a bikini. I'm in my shorts. We go into the ocean. And as the sun is dipping beneath the horizon, I pull her into me through the water and give her a bear hug. Now, I could tell from the way that she looked at me, from the way that she spoke of me, and that throughout the time we had been in the water, not for very long, I did this escalated quite quickly. In the wise words of Ron Burgundy, it did escalate quite quickly. But I knew that she was very, very attracted to me. I could feel the energy. It was palpable between us. You feel the electricity. And so I knew that just by sticking my hand out in the water and she grabbed it and I pulled her into me. So there's your first step, okay? That she came effortlessly. She didn't pull back. She didn't say, what the fuck is happening here? You know, there was no red or yellows. It was a great. She took the head. She came in. And that once that we had been together in this embrace, maybe for 10 seconds, me just holding her hand, I probably took her second hand as well, that I twirled her around and pulled her into me in a bear hug in the water as the waves are gently rocking us and we're watching the sunset go down. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. She was totally fine with this. She was totally okay with this. Now, if I went to kiss her then and there, that would have been a bit shocking. It would have been a bit shocking because we had actually only just started the date. This is plenty good. Heart to heart in that sense in which that we are skin to skin contact. I've got my chin on her neck and we're man to woman in the beautiful embrace. Fantastic. So we head back up onto the beach. I start to do some jujitsu with her, right? Show some rear naked chokes. I love that. The day progresses on. We're on the blanket. We're watching the stars now. We're just talking about our lives. She's lying in my lap, uh, kind of like half resting in me. And as I love to describe, she's an absolute chatterbox. She's an absolute chatterbox. As she will not stop talking, which by the way is not particularly good if you're trying to kiss a woman. I know at this point that I need to kiss her. I know I must. It is an absolute foregone conclusion that I will kiss her. But finding the right moment is proving difficult because she will not stop talking. And I love what she's talking about, but there are more important things at hand. And so as she's sitting kind of like, kind of in my lap i've got my arm around her i'm on the left she's on the right we're kind of like semi lying down on the blanket and it's a bit hard to picture but you know it's not particularly comfortable for me right but i think for her as well but it was a very we settled on it we settled on it and as she's looking up into the stars i'm just thinking i am the moment you stop talking right the moment you stop talking i'm gonna kiss you and i'm looking into her eyes i'm getting lost in her eyes which is also communicating to her that yeah, I need to uh, I need to kiss you here. Which, by the way, if you ask her about that date, she will say to you that I knew that you wanted to kiss me. I knew that you wanted to kiss me because of the way that you were looking at me. And there's there there's proof in the pudding right there. But because she was a little bit nervous and this is all happening quite quickly, she's talking it out. She's talking her, no- her nerves out. And she's like, no, 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 but I like this. And I'm just at a certain point, right, I, I, there was like a lull for a moment. <laughs> and I was like, okay if not for the exact words that, okay, I need you to stop talking right now, effectively that's what I was communicating to her in my own contact. It's like, yep, okay, 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 okay. And then I just, staring deeply into her eyes, just lean in and kiss her. Generally speaking, I will, for for a lot of all the previous women, Sir Haley, I would have genuinely, genuinely and unapologetically said, I need you to stop talking. Right, I need you to stop talking. But because I think with Haley. I found it quite comical that she was avoiding the kiss because she knew it was about to go down. And I was just, I was riding the comics of it. I was riding the energy with it. I was very happy. Listen, if it had kept going, like if she had kept showing avoidance behavior towards this, uh, in a way in which that it's very playful, I know that she's not doing it because she's genuinely doesn't want to kiss, right? Because then she wouldn't be lying in my lap and she wouldn't be embracing me in this way. 
But it's because she's just she's being a woman. She's being a girl, right? She's playing a little bit of a little bit of mousy here. She's being a little mousy. I would have had to have stepped in and said, "Listen, I just need you to be quiet for just a second. I just need you to stop talking for just a second. But here, I was like, "I'll wait for her to. I'll wait for that moment." And it was within a reasonable time frame. It wasn't didn't get into one a.m. is what I'm saying. It's yeah, we've been lying down for like maybe 30 to 45 minutes after our little moment in the water. And so I find that moment, stars peering down on us. She finally stops talking. And I just, with through my eye contact, it's like, okay, finally. Okay, here we go. So and I just lean into her real slow. Leaning down into her and plow my lips on hers and we have our first kiss. It's absolutely tremendous, absolutely magical. And it was the fireworks that you could have imagined. And she let go, in, she let go into it. She embraced it. She let her feminine energy completely intertwined with mine and it became something so beautiful and truthful and eternal. Five or four sweet motions to let us know that this is a full connection. It's absolutely tremendous and it takes me away. It takes my breath away and it is exactly how that first kiss should have happened. Every No first kiss is going to look identical to, to any other, right? There will be, based on your temperament, her temperament, your life experiences and hers, you will have a different story every single time, but the principle should remain the same, which is that the man leads, the man takes control of the situation, he reads the situation, he understands the woman's energetic uh, placement in front of him by how she's feeling inside of herself, and he just, yeah, right? Just, yeah. There should be no asking. If I had said to Haley in that moment, is it like genuinely asking for permission, is it okay if I kiss you now? She probably still would have said yes, but she would have been very disappointed. Very disappointed that I didn't just back myself, have the confidence to say that I'm, I'm a man, you're a woman. I'm quite sure that we are connecting here. And if not of the utmost duty, then it is certainly one of them that I need to kiss you. It would be a disrespect in this moment to not kiss you. That is exactly how I would have viewed it. If I had gone home having not kissed her, I would have felt that I had completely acted completely inauthentically. And I never would have let myself forget it. And I've had those moments, by the way. I've had those moments where I have not kissed the girl when I was learning social dynamics. I've, so, I've never asked a woman, can I kiss you? But I have certainly passed up. I've certainly passed up when I should have. And it is demoralizing. It is things that cause you to lose sleep. It is things that, that haunt you. They haunt you until you rectify them. So that's the uh, advice I would have had for my client in our session coming up this week that I have my advice for you, Duga, all of you listening now, is do not do things that will haunt you. Do not do things that will cause you such regret and such distress and such conflict psychologically that you will lose sleep over them. Do the things that will allow you to sleep well at night. If it means that I'm scared, but I need to take a chance on kissing this girl because maybe I don't have the social competence to realize that I've got all these green lights, at least yellows, but definitely greens leading up into this kiss. Then okay, let me just back it. Let me back it. If you if you are not a psychopath and not sociopathic to the degree, which you can realize that, okay, this is probably a good time to kiss her. This seems like it, but I'm a little bit scared. Back yourself, right? Lead. Honor your masculine role and your energy that is embedded and for instance, the dawn of time has been your prerogative, has been your rule of law, has been your process, which is that I see the woman, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I need to connect with her. And connect embodies all of these things. Connect embodies that that first handhold, that first hug, that first look in the eyes, that first embrace, that first bear hug, 
right? That first kiss, that first penetration, that first caressing of her breasts, that first time of running your tongue down her neck, right? The first, the first rolling of your, your cheek down the small of her back as you're taking in her in complete and undeniable feminine energy. Your masculine role has always been to lead that first, to be at the forefront of that precipice, to be making sure that she feels at ease in it to making sure that she feels comfortable and respected and honored within it, to making sure that you are balancing the dance between your masculine and her feminine energy and it's just something so beautiful. It's something so fulfilling in the souls and the depths of your soul, yours and hers forever and always. If it's not that, if that's not something that you have become intimately acquainted with, then you need to develop yourself. You need to practice. You need to go out there. You need to meet people. You need to realize what all these things that I've been discussing when it comes to man-to-woman dynamics, sexual polarization, okay? If you are at such a loss for, I just can't seem to see these things. I just can't seem to read these things when what Adam's talking about, it seems so common sense. It seems so damn obvious when Adam is discussing it. But when I'm in the moment, I just can't seem to pick it apart. Likely going too fast, too much, too soon, doing too much. This is what I see of most of my clients. You are doing too much if you are unable to read the social cues. Very obvious ones, by the way, that a woman puts in front of you. Now, when I say obvious, not obvious indirectness. Okay? Women, uh, female psychology and female sexual polarized, polarized cues often come in a reversal. They often come in what is the opposite of what's being said. Now, is that natural? I feel like a lot of society has has something to be accountable for there, okay? Many women, I think, would like to be a little bit more direct, but for want of not being labeled overtly promiscuous, a slut, they will pull their punches. They will hedge their bets and that they will add a little extra mystery than is required. I said before that it's very much the feminine role to be mystifying, but not mystifying to the point of stupefying. Right? A woman should not be stupefying you to the point where you have absolutely no idea what she's thinking or what she's feeling. If you, th- women, right now, you're a woman listening to this, you have gone off on a completely uh, broken path if you think that the way to getting a man to progress more with you and to chase after you, which I would not necessarily respect that mindset, to have a man pursue you, not chase, but pursue. Two very different things there. Chasing infers a power dynamic that is imbalanced. Pursuing is very balanced, right? Pursuing to me denotes the idea that I am of a certain type of value that is intrinsic and I see that within myself and I would love to see that reflected in another and to honor that in another. And I would love to pursue that. I'm not going to chase it because chase to me really feels like I'm going after something I do not have. If I'm chasing, then it's something that I do not have. If I'm pursuing, then it's something that actually I'm recognizing within myself. If I'm pursuing something, it is a value and a deep, deep power that I feel within myself and I see that within this woman, so I'm going to go after it, okay? Hopefully you can see the two different things in that. If you don't, if you don't feel it, you need to practice more. So you're, you're doing this. You're pursuing this energy in her and coming back to where I was just previously discussing, I have absolutely no idea what that thought line was, but on the pursuing of things, if you are doing that right and if you are pursuing a woman in a way that is respectful, I think that's probably where we were, and doing it in a respectful way that is in tune and in balance, right, that's just, that's right, that's what we're talking about, that if you can't see these things, you're not able to do these things, it's because you're doing too much and you're going too fast in your own mind. You are, you are drawing up plans and moves X, Y, and Z before you've completed A, B, and C. 
I would love for you to ground yourself in A, B, and C, the steps that are literally right in front of you, because that's where all the anxiety and the nerves come from. The anxiety of not knowing whether this is the right thing to do or whether this is going down is because you're too far ahead of yourself. If you just slow it down, as I said in last week's podcast, or the last podcast a couple of weeks ago, that if you can reduce the pace of your your cognitive construction of this reality to a point that is so slow that you are able to actually understand the fundamental concept of what life is. If you're able to grasp what reality is, and you can only do that because you have reduced the fastness of this life down to such a slow pace that you can really observe and absorb what it is. If you can apply that in your interaction with a woman and in your man-to-woman dynamics, reduce the pace so that I can really feel this moment and I can see what's happening right now. Slow it down. Keep triggering that in your mind. Slow it down. If you're getting ahead of it, slow it down. Okay, what's next in front of me? For that client that was, for my client that was, uh, got caught on having to ask her, can I kiss you now? I, I 100%, without a doubt, no shred of a doubt, that he only got himself and worked himself up into that point because he was too far ahead of himself, because he had not been slowing it down. Because if you had slowed it down, you would recognize the right moment to uh, plant your lips on that woman. And that is often the case is not at the end. That is not where Hollywood cinema would say to you that, oh, it comes at the kiss at the door. Kiss at the door at the end of a date. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not unless that some strange amalgam of uh, adventure had led you to that point. But generally speaking, the best time to plant your lips on a woman and to create that beautiful connection kiss is in the meaty emotional center when you two are completely enveloped and wrapped in each other. When you are ensconced in the energy of each other, that is when it is the best moment. Why? Because your logical minds are no longer processing your insecurities, no longer processing uh, your self-consciousness, as in your awareness of your flaws and of your having to prim and prop and to have to be and show that this facade of who you are, but it's when you actually let go into who you actually are. It's when you revel in the beauty of your authenticity, the frame, the framing of what should be a perfect connection between masculine and feminine energy. Without that moment is not when you two meet and you're first having coffee or at the end of the day when you're saying goodbye. That moment is when you have stared deeply into each other. You have aligned in your hearts and minds, your actual breathing rate, your actual heart rate, you're starting to sink and mirror that is the moment to kiss when you have become a, a combination of oneness. When your beautifulness came into contact with her beautifulness and you became one. That would be a quite prime moment, quite lovely moment to kiss her. Certainly not at the end. When it is pressurized, when she is thinking about many things and when there is a distraction. So many distractions. Sexual progression between masculine and feminine energy should be anything but distraction. It should not itself be a distraction either, by the way. You should not be using sexual progression as a distraction from the deep pain within yourself. Now we're starting to talk about trauma. Now we're starting to talk about covering over insecurity, starting to cover up the deep pain of your life. But let's save that for a moment. What we're really talking about here is that you should not be distracted in the moment between man and woman. Interestingly enough, not so much distraction from the external, but the internal. That is what I see is mostly the problem between if there are problems between man to woman sexual dynamics, it's because there is a distraction internally where you are either running away from something or that you are running too fast for yourself, but normally because you're running away from something, which is what would induce that pace. So 
bringing back this podcast, let me just kind of sum this up a little bit here. When we're talking about man-to-woman dynamics, okay, that is a sexual polarization, we've talked about leading, talked about following, talked about uh, respect, honoring each other's roles. We're talking about looking at what it means to progress things in a way in which that you're not getting ahead of yourself. Green, red, yellow lights. Okay, this is fantastic. What are we leaving out here? I guess we're leaving out the really intimate stuff, the really, like we haven't talked about sex yet. We haven't talked about sexual progression that way. Maybe that's because largely everything I've talked about is just applicable to all stages of sexual dynamics. I just want to feel out here, is there something that I want to add to that? So if it's not okay for us to have to say to a woman, is it okay if I hold your hand? Is it okay if I kiss you? It's certainly not okay to say, is it all right if I penetrate you? It's definitely not okay to have to verbalize that. Again, completely nullifies the sexual polarity between you two. It shows your social ineptitude that you have not been reading her acceptance cues, her social cues leading up into that moment, her receptivity cues leading up to that moment. But this is definitely not to say that you have become so self-indulged to the point that you think you're entitled to sex. Absolutely not. You must have, as I just said, have been reading all of her cues beforehand uh, to know whether this is something that she's inviting of. You know, it's like, I hear when women like playing devil's advocate, I hear when a woman will say, but Adam, sometimes we aren't able to verbalize the no for fear of safety. And I hear that. I understand that. If you feel like you're with a man who is progressing on you and you can't verbalize no because you feel like he's going to hit you if you do that. Okay. Okay. That's a very different situation. And I would definitely question the woman as to how you let him get that far. As in, what I'm saying there is that I'm not blaming her. I'm definitely not me excusing rape. What I'm excusing is that if you're sensing that you were the man that is got to the point where it's like, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable around him, you need to say so. You absolutely need to say so. I absolutely reject the notion that between the interaction of a man and a woman, only the man is culpable and responsible for what happens between the two. Absolutely not. It is a 50-50 balance in the sense of approval and the sense of acceptance of what is happening here. Generally speaking though, what is going to happen, what's the more likely thing to happen is that you've got a socially competent man, you've got a socially competent woman, you guys are receiving uh, mutually uh, beneficial signals, cues, socially, right? Intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, vibe, all these things, right? And so it's progressing along smoothly and now you get into the deep intimacy, the naked body of things. I know a lot of guys nowadays seem to have absolutely no clue of what this means. So it's probably worth going through. And the reason why I say that is because uh, it's it's common sense. It is common sense that if the question of how does a, how do you how do you start removing clothes is often something that I hear from young males. Because if you look at what their sexual education is, it's zero to one hundred. It's the woman or man walk through the door and then they just start having sex, aka porn. It's generally speaking not what happens with normal human beings. What would happen with normal human beings is that after having your amazing dates, your amazing first kiss, that you'd have a transition, a seamless transition back to one of your apartments or your houses and that you guys would start to connect spiritually first. First, that you'd first recognize that I actually see a much deeper connection within this that transcends my mental and physical attraction. So now we're going to talk about principles of sexual attraction. Principles of sexual attraction is that it operates on an arena. You can almost think about it like a Venn diagram of three different arenas operating within it, in contact with each other. Physical sexual attraction, mental sexual attraction, and spiritual sexual attraction. And these things should all operate within each other. You will feel varying degrees of these with varying people. You may be not particularly physically attracted uh 
physically sexually attracted, you know, obviously at a minimum you are, but not, let's just say it's not, she's not your absolute 10 in that regard, but in a spiritual sense, in a mental sense, she lights up you in a way that you have never even experienced. And it just absolutely blows your mind. Well, then that, that my friends, can work, can work very well. And you can just play all those metrics, you know, adjusting the levers between the three different arenas we're talking about there. So primarily what I would expect and what I would be looking for if I was still a single male and as I was when I was a single male was that when I'm getting intimate with a woman and it's getting body to body now, we're getting skin to skin, naked body to naked body, I want to know that I am being spiritually taken care of and that I can give myself spiritually to her first. Why is this important? To me, the act of sex is not primarily the act of penetration. The sexual dance between masculine and feminine is something that transcends body and mind. It is something that enters that spiritual realm in which that words cannot describe. What do I mean by spiritual? Words that cannot describe. Spiritual to me is the realm of connection in which that no linguistic explanation will ever fully excavate. It is, it is not something that I can sit here and relay to you, but it is surely something that I can convey to you with my eye contact. It is something that you can feel. You feel it in the room. You feel it in the heat, in the sweat of the skin, in contact with the person in front of you that I am spiritually connected with this person. It is in the electricity exchanged between your eye contact, non-concrete of energy between you two. It is an energetic connection. And I want to know that that's taken care of first. As a general principle throughout most of my life as a single male, I, apart from my early 20s, but throughout most of my 20s, there, there above, I did not allow penetration to take place until I felt a spiritual connection. I may have been physically attracted to it. I may have been mentally attracted to it. But until I felt that the essence of who I was, that is much more than the egoic conception of Adam, but the eternal peace within me, the eternal light, the diamond shining within me, found a resonance and a reflection in the woman in front of me. If I did not feel that, I did not take it to penetration. Many a time, and many a time you cannot feel this until you get naked, until you get body to body. And I'm not talking about it in the animalistic nature. You can have penetration animalistically with no spiritual connection whatsoever, and then you tell me how you felt afterwards. Tell me about how fulfilled you felt afterwards, and then you'll come back to this conversation, the very same conversation, at 25, at 30, at 35, going, I still haven't found that person that makes me want to dedicate and commit myself to a complete pursuit of excellence with. I still haven't found that person, and you wonder why. You wonder why so many people are bereft of meaning in their relationships and lives, but relationships, because they are pursuing the wrong metric. It's because they are pursuing the wrong metric. If you are only pursuing a good time, if you are pursuing the goodness in orgasmic display and orgasmic, uh, uh, well, you would say the sensory delight of what it would feel to ejaculate and to get her off and for you to get off, then, you know, of course, that's very shallow. It's very shallow. It's very nice. It's very lovely until it's not, until you are left with a gap and a chasm. I love getting animalistic. I love to penetrate. I love to spank and to to pull and to roll around and to, and to, and to, become so engrossed in the physical play that it is mind-melting, mind-melting and bodily just so enraging that it's, it's almost unbearable. It's unbearable how good the physical connection is between Halo and I. It's unbearable, but there will always be a gap. There will always be a chasm within you spiritually if that part of you is not acknowledged.
If after all of that animalistic enragement and all of that animalistic caretaking is done with, that it's like, see you later. It's see you later, but not just see you later in this uh, temporal moment, but it's see you later in a spiritual sense. It's that, all right, oh, cool. You kind of, you're, you're a cool guy. You're a cool guy. You're a cool girl. You're a cool girl. Anyways, back to my life. Back to my life. You can do that for a good period of time and masquerade over the fact that that is not fulfilling. I did it myself. That was the case for me. From 18 to, I don't know, 22-ish or 23 or 24-ish, somewhere between the 18 to 24-ish period, that was my state of play. My state of play was that I was okay having sex with women that I wasn't spiritually connected with. And then at a certain point, I realized that I don't feel good doing this anymore. It does not feel good for me. If you are in a place where that still feels good for you, then keep walking. Keep walking the path. Because if you keep walking an honest and true path of supreme excellence, of temporal development, building your purpose, physical, social development, transcended by an inner spiritual knowing, at a certain point, you will reach a moment in time as a man or a woman in which that you desire more than just physical carnal delight, than just a mental stimulation, but something deeply spiritual, something that lights you up to the point of a firework that rides on eternally. It is this this cataclysm of spiritual receptivity and acknowledgement that when I look at this person, I know that they see just more than me. I know that they see the eternal infinite within me, the source of all life itself. I know that person sees it within me and I can for sure see it within them. When you reach that connection that I have with my wife, Haley, and that I know she absolutely has within me, then that is when you have, you you could say you found the secret to the universe, but really you've realized the universe within yourself and another. When you can see the universe in another, then you have surely realized it within yourself. And that's when you are now set free. I think that's what it means to be free as a human being is to recognize the source from which you came. And when you recognize that you are a part of this eternal dance and this universal threads of threads weaving on for time and time, and you can see that within another, that's you enjoy your life then. You can enjoy your life free. Free as a a being who can serve the best of their gifts to this world because you are no longer concerned and uh, pre, pre, pre can, what's the word? Pre occupied. You are no longer preoccupied with the falsehoods of this ego entirely. While you may battle with it, and that is the condition of humanness, that is the condition of humanity that we will and we are foreset to bear with the delusions and the pain of what it has to an ego, to ego. To ego is to pain, yes, but to wield your ego in such a way in which that, that pain is meaningful. You have a meaningful source of pain that is actually going ahead and carving a way, a way of being that serves gift that serves benefit, love, peace, and joy to the beings of this world, well, then the pain is worth it. And then you find that the suffering of life is worth it when you can commit to that. When you can commit to a pain that sees benefit for others, it's just, it is what I feel inside of myself is the whole point of this thing. It is the meaning to life to me. to have dedicated yourself to such a path of pain that it would light you up every day, make you feel a sense of at-peaceness, calmness. Truth. Truth. Because life is very much a condition of pain. You will never escape pain in this life. We are born into this world to leave it. You know, it's just this, this beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing that we're all experiencing as human beings right now, that your time will come. 
My time will come. Haley's time will come. I've had meaningful people in my life whose time have come. Best friend Matthew took his life. My father last year. Um, yeah, it's just when you consider the ephemeral nature of our temporal moment in this life as human beings, you have to find something deeper than just physical pleasure and mental stimulation of power dynamics. That's where we are in this podcast. What I'm trying to convey to you all right here is that search for something deeper within your sexual partners. Get it out of your system if you must to have to physically indulge yourself, hedonically indulge the carnal delights of orgasms and uh, threesomes and anal and da-da-da, et cetera. Right? Do all that, okay? And then I hopefully you would reach the end of it all. Hopefully you would enter the mountain so deeply to come out of it to realize that you were or who you were. To have forayed so deeply into the mountain that you came out the other end knowing who you were. That's, that's the idea here. And to me, the only way that you'll ever get to that point in life is if you can look beyond what you see in front of you. And that if you can reach a little deeper each and every day, you reach a little deep, you reach a little deeper into the threads of humanity and you find that woman or that man that lights you to the point of which that I am ready to stake my life on the building of excellence with them, that we will serve our gifts to the meaning of this world. All right, that's what you're looking for. That's, that's what you're pursuing, I should say. That's what I would intend for the supremely excellent pursuit of life in which that you have developed yourself to such a degree that you have realized the universe within yourself and you can realize that in another becomes an eternal connection, becomes what I have with my wife, Haley, and that it's you're set free. You are free. That is the point of man-to-woman dynamics. Man-to-woman social dynamics is to be free. If you are not free with the woman you're engaging with or the man you're engaging with, you are, then you have missed the point. The point of harmonizing between the sexual polarization of man to woman, masculine and feminine energy, is to set yourselves free. Free of the chains of what ego is and to realize that beautiful truth in the eternity of who you are. Yeah. Okay, my friends, I just had to reset the battery, but I feel like that was a good moment just to take a breath. And I would love to encourage you right now to join me in a very deep breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth. We're going to go for a four, six, eight. Four seconds inhale, six second hold, eight second on the exhale. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hold. And release. Thank you. Thank you. Feel free to do more. Feel free to do some more four, six, eights if you would like. But I would love to summarize today's podcast. The importance of understanding masculine and feminine energy and the dance between man to woman and what man to woman social dynamics is, is to really master yourself. In mastering yourself, you will learn how to integrate and engage and relate to others with mastery. That's the whole point of it. The whole point is not to pick up, to get laid, to get some. The whole point is to get yourself. And when you do get yourself, well, then the kingdom comes. Then you start to realize principles such as how, how I found, you will find yourself at the same point that I found myself. You know, when I found the principles of direct, congruent, authentic with empathy, those things are what I would say 
If maybe not objectively dwelling within us, something so readily attainable, so readily obvious for someone to adapt and to absorb that they almost appear so. It appears to me in my way of being that being a direct congruent authentic man with empathy is of course the way to be. But it was only because I had gone through the pain of realizing what the way to not be was. So I encourage you to walk your way, find your way, design your way for you. And I know that if you reach a place of fulfillment, of complete sustenance to the point of just absolute jubilation and revelation in what is now, that I know that you will find something analogous to, to, to direct congruent authentic with empathy, to being a man who leads, who grows, who receives and respects, who accepts. If you're a man who can honor all these things in relation with your feminine being, then you have honored your dance of man to woman. I thank you very much for dialing into today's show, listening in, absorbing if you've made it to this point. And it's been very passionate, very passionate, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of energy, a lot of footwork. (laughs) I don't think I could have put more footwork into this episode, actually. Uh, So I thank you very much. I'd love to hear your feedback down in the comments down below. Uh, feel free to, I'll, I'll put all the plugs at the end of today's podcast. Feel free to connect to me on the socials and on the website, bulldozer.com, all that stuff. That all, there's all the stuff will come, but I'm just very grateful to have you here in 2024 and I'm wishing you the absolute best on your path of supreme excellence. On your path of supreme excellence, may you walk the right and true path. Us. Sending you love, peace, and joy. Ciao. And that brings me to my thanks for all of you. Thank you, first off, for just being here, your presence. But please let me know. Let me know in a comment down below where you are in your lives, how you felt about this, any commentary. I'll do my best to get back as soon as I possibly can. And also, if you did enjoy the content, please hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video. It just helps it get sent out to more people in the community. And if you feel like this would resonate with someone else, please share it to some of your close friends. If you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching, it's all available on boldojo.com. Guided meditation. Free resources of wisdom free weekly on my newsletter bowl sip just chuck your email in comes out every friday that's all available all the links down below and if you would like to support the podcast directly you can donate anything that you wish through the paypal link down below or on the website baldoja.com in the podcast section anything that you guys give is always super appreciated so thank you very much wishing you all the love peace and joy in this life